G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, one of the big challenges is always going to be how you care for people who are incarcerated, prisoners, uh, prisoners who are sometimes serving time for doing very serious crime. But there are some very dedicated people, prison chaplains, who are there regularly and connecting with prisoners behind bars. And in fact, from what I understand, the success rate of bringing prisoners to a place where they believe in Jesus Christ and make decisions to turn their lives around is so, so substantial. Let's get some insights today into a day in the life of a prison chaplain. Jonathan Stubbs works as a prison chaplain with the Inside Out Prison Chaplaincy. Jonathan, back with us. Hi, Jonathan. Welcome back to 2020. No worries. Thank you. Hey, Jonathan, how does your day start when you're there at the prison that you're working in and uh, you know you've got a, a challenge before you each, each day that you're in the jail? Uh, how does the day start out for you? Um, I leave home at about 7 a.m. Uh, it's normally about an hour's drive from where I live out to uh, Woodford. Get there, get to the jail by about 8 o'clock. But on the way to the jail, I find it's very important. I, I commit the time to uh, prayer. I'll listen to some music. Uh, sometimes um, uh, I'll have a sermon playing, something like that. But my prayer every Thursday morning, I go one day a week every Thursday, um, is that, Lord, I'm, I'm available. Uh, you bring the men that you want me to talk to. So I don't feel then it's about my agenda, but it's uh, making myself making myself available uh, to the Lord's agenda for the day. Um, I get to get to the prison by eight, uh, put my vest on and uh, grab the things that I need, go through a reception where we uh, ID'd by our fingerprint, put my phone, keys in the locker, all that sort of thing, get the formalities out the way. Then you walk up to the uh, gatehouse. You've got to then put any um, any uh, bag or anything in your pockets uh, onto a uh, an, an open uh, uh, folder type, plastic folder, the board thing that goes through an x-ray machine. You then go through a, uh, uh, like a metal detector, um, uh, how do you, it's like an oscillating uh, turnstile type uh, setup. Uh, you then go in, you sign in, you are given a duress, which is like your alarm. If anything happens, is they've got, um, uh, you're, they're able to find who you are, where you are, all by this uh, duress alarm that's attached to your belt. Um, you then go again through another turnstile for just verifying fingerprint ID and then through that, once you're through that, you then go uh, up through to the uh, chaplain's office. Obviously, every 
every door that you go to is is monitored and opened by an officer that is monitoring walkways, hallways, all those sort of things. So it main main doors to buildings and walkways are all um, uh, these heavy steel uh, secure doors and uh, you finally get through to the office and uh, I'll first first of all put put the kettle on, make myself a coffee. Um, I share the office with uh, three other chaplains, so there's four of us on, uh, on Thursday. We then look at the diary and see what the chaplains from the previous days have, uh, if there's any requests uh, to go see an inmate, to maybe take something of any literature, uh, any, uh, like, like sometimes you've got to take Bibles or there might be an actual request where someone wants to see a chaplain. So, you know, we'll divide out where we're going and, okay, well, can you go there? Can I'll go here? And uh, we work, um, we're, we work, quite well together so on the day there's quite a process isn't there just yes. getting to speak to a prisoner and you go through all of that security and, and no doubt that's an, an essential part of what prisons do they want to make the place secure but once you've gone through all of that once you've had your coffee for the day and once you've checked the diary and you know what you're about you really have then in some sense as I understand it uh, a free reign to go into a lot of different uh, aspects of the prison and have personal conversations with prisoners how does that all happen? Uh, You then as you just said as chaplains we've got privileged access uh, into the units Um, Obviously, if we can't get into a unit because of a lockdown for whatever reason, obviously we will bypass that. We're not allowed in, so we go elsewhere. As as chaplains, we're the only ones that are allowed to go into a unit on our own. Uh, The officers, uh, even workmen that are there all have to be under escort. Officers have to go in at Woodford in threes. So, yes, I, I feel... Very privileged, and and again, the the grace of God that that uh, looks after us as we go in. And that's not to say that I've ever felt threatened because I never have, um, but I do understand um, the place that I'm in. Uh, it, it's not a, if I can use the word, it is the devil's playground, and uh, but there is mutual respect, and I, I, as chaplains, we receive that because sometimes. You'll go into a unit, and as you're leaving, a bloke or an inmate will come up to you, and he'll just thank you for coming in. He doesn't, he hasn't wanted to talk to you, but he appreciates the fact that we've come in to speak to others or sit down and share. So, Jono, the idea of those sorts of spiritual heart-to-heart conversations that you'll have—they're not planned. Uh, you can't contrive those sorts of things to happen. Uh, but they happen, how do you describe the way that you might talk about divine appointments or divinely inspired conversations? How do you how do you assess those sorts of things? Because it's quite a, an amazing thing that happens, isn't it? It is, and, and that's what you, you're basically doing. You might have an agenda and then you walk into a into a unit and all of a sudden you're you're questioned or or asked certain things. I've learned well, obviously when you know, under Queensland Corrective Services, we're not allowed to proselytise. So 
you know, it's it's not about going in there and saying, all right, everyone, I'm here, uh, you know, and you start preaching. It doesn't work like that at all. So I'm all about trying to build relationship, and uh, it, it's about just going in, in there into a unit, showing showing that you're committed, and uh, they start to become aware of that. But one, I went in uh, one into one unit, and there were three fellows sitting on a, on the stairs, and uh, I just started chatting to them, and one of them started saying how, um, you know, oh, there's there's not enough rehabilitation in the jail. You know, we need to be more educated, and I said, oh, I, I agree. You know, there are programs and and things that uh, you've sometimes got to do, but I, I agree. You know, education is 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 good. And he said, "Oh, you know, education is is power." And I said, and all of a sudden, I just felt God give me a a thought. And I said, "Look, education is education and knowledge is good, and and that comes from man." And I said to them, "But I can go one better." And they go, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, you want wisdom because wisdom uh, wisdom comes from God." And he looked at me and he goes, oh, I've never thought of it that way. And so my, I like to just leave little things so that they can, you know, when I'm gone, they're still thinking about it, that sort of thing. So, and it, 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 in, it opens up uh, conversation for next time as well because they'll come back and start wanting to talk from where they left off. So, yeah, and that's what I find that God does with, with a lot of the, a lot of the time. Obviously, you're there to, you know, sometimes you, like I said before, you're you're listening, you're trying to uh, give them advice on certain things. But again, I, I really want to voice: we're not counsellors; uh, we're purely there for um, pastoral care, uh, which is all part of the chaplaincy uh, program. John, but, how do you describe the status? of prisons today and in an earlier conversation uh, you shared with me that you had your own past and you dealt with some addictions and things like that but uh, the prevalence of people who are doing time because of drugs uh, what is it like behind bars uh, for people who might be primarily there because of those sorts of issues yeah it's hard because what what i've seen and, and what i've come to no, too, and I have seen the change over the course of the last six years. <clears throat> the jails are becoming predominantly more a young man's jail, and by that I mean, you know, maybe 20 years ago, the 70% of the population was over 30, where you go in there today and 70% of the population is under 30. They're basically uh, all in their 20s. And a lot of it's to do, unfortunately, with uh, with ICE, with the epidemic that uh, that comes with ICE. And it's not that they're all drug addicts, but it's all related. Some of them are cooks. Some of them have uh, trafficked. Um, some of them, obviously, because of their addiction, uh, have um, done armed robbery or breaking enters or all to feed their addiction. And that's the sad part about it all. And and with that, you know, you've got families girlfriends, wives, children, mums and dads who are all um, unfortunately having to pick up the pieces. And, uh, you know, that's men and men and women as, you know, it's not just the males in jail for that, it's it's women as well. But uh, Woodford is, is purely a male jail. So, yeah, it, 
the one thing too when they come to jail is cold turkey. You know, there's no smoking being a government uh, uh, crown land. Um, there's no... Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's, it is basically cold turkey, um, apart from the medication that is, is, um, is received from the medical unit. Yeah, you're, once if you're in jail and you've got a drug addiction, you will go through the cold turkey. And I would imagine that the role of a chaplain for people doing the cold turkey uh, response to their own drug addiction is going to be all the more important too. Do you find yourself with new prisoners who are going through that uh, actually there to be standing alongside while they go through that? Normally people, blokes that I'm dealing with, have already gone through the cold turkey because they normally go to Arthur Gorry where they... Uh, remain on remand until they're sentenced. You will occasionally get uh, an inmate at, at Woodford who's still on remand. Um, <clears throat> so normally you don't have to deal with that, but you certainly still have to deal with the fact that they're addicts, but not going through that, um, yeah, that horrible cold turkey stage. Well, so many will be encouraged with the good work of prison chaplains who are there with people who are going through sometimes the most broken time of their lives behind bars. Mm. And we're encouraged by the biblical understanding of, say, Hebrews 13, verse 3. Remember those who are in prison. And uh, Mm. there's a number of scripture verses we can say encourage us to be mindful of the issues that prisoners are going through. Hey, you recently graduated with a Cert Four and in prison chaplaincy and uh, with the organisation called Carinity that runs the prison chaplaincy ministry that you're a part of, the Inside Out Prison Chaplaincy. Uh, that's the sort of course that, for those listening to us now, thinking, I think I should uh, get involved in prison chaplaincy. Is that a good place to start? It certainly is. Um, you can always uh, act as you as mentioned before, on their website and it would have contacts there. And obviously it's pending availability in jails and all that sort of thing. There's there's a, like if someone wants to be a chaplain, don't expect it to happen overnight. There's a process obviously being uh, being that it's a jail that you're wanting to work in. So there's certainly uh, police checks and uh, a lot of protocols, protocols that have to be uh, boxes that have to be ticked, that sort of thing. So, yes, if, but if, if you uh, certainly um, feel God calling you into that area, then uh, I would encourage um, I'd encourage you to uh, pursue it because it, it, is, it is a worthwhile ministry. It's very uh, rewarding, but at the same time, it has its downside because you're dealing with, unfortunately, uh, the down and outs of society. And uh, I, I don't say I say that candidly. I don't mean those words because if I thought that, I wouldn't be going into jail at all. Well, you do a wonderful job, and honour to you, Jonathan Stubbs, uh, for your getting involved with ch- prison chaplaincy and uh, taking us through that process. You spend one day a week 
uh, you leave about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. That's the level of commitment that you have uh, for prisoners. Let me point people to carinity.org to connect with how you can do some prison chaplaincy training. And Carinity is primarily based in the state of Queensland, uh, but no doubt getting in touch with Carinity, they'd be able to recommend other programs in other states. But carinity.org. Jonathan Stubbs works as a prison chaplain with Inside Out Prison Chaplaincy. Jonathan, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. No problem, and I just want to thank uh, your radio station for uh, for its support of what we're doing, and all the people out there that are, are praying for us. And again, for you know, pray for Queensland Corrective Services and the State Chaplaincy Board and all the chaplains. Um, we're just one group. There are five other groups uh, with Inside Out Prison Chaplains, six all up, and uh, they all do a great job. And um, yeah. You know, this is a, an opportunity that we've been given by the uh, state government and uh, we're just very grateful for the uh, privilege that we have uh, under the um, under the direction of uh, Queensland Corrective Services. And so again, thank you, Vision. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 